On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is one of my favorite type guests, another podcaster. Reed is joining me. Reed, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. I am so glad you're able to, we were able to work out our schedules and get you to join us. Uh, tell my audience a little about yourself. Yeah, uh, I live in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, beautiful Fargo, North Dakota. Um, I have two kids and a wife. Uh, I make a podcast called The Irrationally Exuberant, which is a scripted kind of absurdist take on whatever catches my interest. Nice. Um, I've been doing that for a few years, um, and I, I I really like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Well, that is, um, you know, that's like peanut butter and chocolate, right? This match yeah, made together. Like I you're mean, a podcaster yeah. and you like Springsteen to pay. This it's, is it's up perfect. my alley. Yes, indeed. <laughs> that's cool. Um, that, we're going to talk a little bit about your podcast later. I'm curious about that. Um, so are you glad that there's a Fargo TV series or do you roll your eyes? Uh, you know, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I haven't actually watched it. Okay. I really like the movie. Mm-hmm. And I would argue, unlike a lot of uh, Fargoans, that that movie is um, much more accurate than most people around here are willing to uh, admit. Okay. Um, I think it really depicts like pre-internet North Dakota really yeah. well. <laughs> like I, we've, ca- we've caught up quite a bit since then, but um, pre-internet it was very scandinavian around here and uh yeah it, it's pretty accurate it doesn't bother me though it's it's an it's nice to have some name recognition i guess yeah it was funny right because um i was i gone to on the wrecking ball tour bruce played in kansas city and my buddy and i had gone up there to see him and you know we were joking about it do people in Kansas city like when he sings Kansas city, like or do yeah. they roll their eyes like, Oh yeah. You know? Right. Um, and, and, you know, everyone I've talked to says, no, we go crazy. We love that. They open with Kansas city. So, so it's pretty funny. Yeah. Nobody's writing songs about Fargo, North Dakota. Not yet. Okay. But I, <laughs> I found what I did find one record at a thrift shop. That mm-hmm. was this old, uh, really terrible country album um, that they had uh, put together for like the bicentennial of North yeah. Dakota. And it's all like terrible songs about North Dakota. I kind of love it. <laughs> that sounds <Yeah>. good. <laughs> well, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, where did you grow up at Weed? I've always been here. Okay. Uh, so you have always one. been. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so what kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger? Um, You know, my parents weren't all that into music okay um, that happens sometimes I'd say the, the, the formative part of my musical experience was that i wasn't allowed to watch mtv but i had uh carte blanche on uh, vh1 so i think from a pretty 
I was probably the only seven-year-old that was like buying like Richard Marks CDs. And, uh, you know, I was definitely the only sixth grader at the Brian Adams concert when he came to town. So um, why did they, why were they okay with VH1 and not okay with MTV? I, I, I guess it's just the perception of VH1 at the time was that it was less lurid. Okay. Um, you know, less extreme and in your face. Um, I don't know okay. exactly. Um, but yeah, it kind of shaped my taste okay. a little bit at that, at that point. Um, but yeah, and my parents never, they, I couldn't tell you what my dad listens to. I have no idea. Probably like modern country radio, you know, okay. like that's yeah. like as far as he goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did um, now siblings? Do you, did you have siblings? Yeah. Um, I'm the oldest though. So okay. I'm, I'm the guy that's supposed to be passing things down. Right. Um, I don't know how effective I was at that because mm-hmm. one listens to nothing but rap and the other listens to like 311. Uh, so okay. I clearly failed. I didn't do well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, we, I was always really into music. I mean, I was only allowed to watch VH1, but I watched it constantly. Okay. You know, like I just, I ate it up. I just was obsessed immediately and uh have stayed that way did um well i always like to ask like so you're you're listening to vh1 you're exploring music as you get into high school did your musical taste started to change did you develop a little more hard edge yeah well i mean this is uh mid 90s so uh grunge was massive yeah um so i was very into grunge just like every other kid Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. I went crazy for Pearl Jam yeah. for a few years. Um, yeah, all all the stuff that was popular in the in the nineties mm-hmm. um, was good. And that's a good basis, I think, for a, for a taste in music. Um, because I think one of the great things about the grunge music, even if it hasn't all aged very well, is that those guys were all very open about their influences. They're very generous about sharing who their guys were right and that led me in a lot of different directions you know um yeah all over the place all right very good um so when did you discover bruce i mean you know you know about bruce right you know you always know about him he's huge yeah um born in the usa is just everywhere all the time you hardly hear it anymore just because it's like a constant thing right um i think you know i got into bruce springsteen in a weird way um please share yeah i heard a cover of thunder road okay um by the brave and the bold um it's a bonnie prince billy's side project okay um and it's a very strange kind of deconstructed cover of thunder road but really beautiful and i think really good i think it actually captures the song pretty well and i was like what is this i know this song and the lyrics are incredible um and then i figured out that it was bruce and went and got uh born to run on vinyl mm-hmm. and uh yeah i did i mean how you can't deny born to run it's just an incredible sure album. absolutely so I always ask this, and some people can, some people can't, but can you articulate what about his music spoke to you? 
Yeah, I can, I think. Okay, um, good. Free. I mean, I think his, his words are what got me right away. Um, sure. I mean, it's just like, I like these guys that just have like just a torrent of words. He has, there's so many lyrics, you know, like sure. he's telling full stories with full like literary detail and um, just, I mean, he has such a writer's ear for language and for exactly what to tell you and what not to tell you. I, I was an, you know, an English major in college. And so I was very drawn to stuff like that. And I think, I mean, there's just nobody better. He's like this amazing, like blue collar poet. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the theater of it. I like that. He's kind of like, he's aware of what he's doing. I feel like he's one of the more self-aware artists out there. Mm -hmm. Um, he, you know, he's open about it being a bit of a put on, a bit of an act. Sure. Um, the early stuff, anyway. Right. I don't think it is anymore, but um, I like that. Yeah, and so we, your podcast, you, it, it is storytelling, correct? Yeah, I do a lot of storytelling. Yes. So, do you think your love of Bruce helped influence that? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think he has a unique way with language and I do think it's one of the one of the things that I've incorporated um mm -hmm. into my writing is is um the wordiness, his wordiness. I like to write a lot of words. Okay. <laughs> and uh my favorite Bruce songs are all just yeah, so many like I said so many words. Um they just keep coming and coming and coming. Like I just Thunder Road is just it's such an unconventional song. It doesn't feel unconventional while you're listening to it, but the more you think about it, the less conventional it actually is. Sure. And it's just words, 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 more details, more details. And it just gets so deep and so intense by the end um, without, I mean, without a chorus, you know, like, I mean, yeah. it's incredible that he, he's capable of building that kind of momentum and that memorable of a song while also like completely ignoring regular pop song structure yeah it is and you know he's done that multiple times yeah um, where it does have that um you know verse and a hook verse and a hook verse and a hook i mean he certainly has done that in other songs but that is not normally his um mo especially yeah. early right you know i i don't know if you saw the um Apple TV documentary about Letter to You. I haven't watched it yet. Actually. Okay, yeah. so the, you you definitely should check it out. It's really good. But um, he tells the story that um, early in his career, um, the guy um, John Hammond, I believe, yeah, remember, you know, talked to him about. It. He says, "Yeah, I got a, a fan letter. Someone said that you're going to if you aren't if you aren't careful, Bruce, you're going to." use up all the words in the dictionary <laughs> and that was bob dylan oh yeah <laughs> and right. bruce said that may have been why he stopped using as many words as he started going <laughs> later uh so yeah that's uh you know like bishop dance and all these songs right where you just yeah. um did you enjoy the three older songs on letter to you or what do you think of letter to you as a whole I think it's the best probably of his um, 2000s albums. 
um, for me. Yeah. I am so, I'm not like, I, I, I don't, there's nothing I dislike about his 2000s output. Right. I'm way, way more on the side of the early stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, up to like through Tunnel of Love, I guess, is probably what I spend the most time with. Um, I thought it was good. I just, it, it's it's so slick at this point. Okay. That, that mm, it, yeah, it just doesn't pull me in like the you know, other stuff did. I've, I've talked a lot, I, I've talked a few times about this read that it would be really interesting to have a discussion about the periods of Bruce. Yeah. You know, the same way you talk about artists, you know, like Picasso's Blue Period or, you know, whatever. I, I'm not, I don't know enough about art to, you know, say that, but right, right there's the early years. There's the, uh, would you call it the, you know, um, the, you know, rock star years where, you know, we kind of start barn to run darkness, yeah. the river, and then, you know, um, global success, you know, with born in the USA and tunnel of love and then the dark years, yeah. uh, you know, through that. And then, um, the resurgent years, you know, and then you'd have the Broadway era. Um, right. you know, I, um, I, I, never, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I had a guest a few months ago on the podcast and he said that he was at the reunion show like in 98, 99 and he was standing on the floor listening to the music and in his mind, he says, I remember going, this is it. This is the ultimate of my Springsteen fandom. Yeah. You know, um, they may get together and tour every few years, but you know, this is it. This is the peak. He has come back victorious and you know, there's nothing else that's going to be shown. He said, if I could tell that kid, well, you know, <laughs> you've got an album called Magic. You've got an album called Wrecking Ball. Yeah. You've got a film called Western Stars. You have him doing two years on Broadway, an autobiography. He said, I would have never pictured that. You know, it, you know there's no second acts, in, second acts in American life. And Bruce just continues to be, well, I'll do my third or fourth act. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's just indestructible. Yeah, and it's not like he's, you know, a lot of these guys that are still around. You know, the yeah. Stones are the best example, I guess. Are really just coasting on what they did, and Bruce just keeps pushing himself. Yeah, you know, even when I don't necessarily love the albums, um, I love what he's doing. I love that he's still in there pushing himself and trying new things, and and the, the songs do sound killer live. I yeah. should say they're so they're so good live. Well, and I like I have no problem um, if someone says, "Well, I didn't care for Western Stars, not my cup yeah. of tea," or "Well, I just don't know." Letter to you just didn't speak to me, mm-hmm. you know, or um, you know, I just um, you know, I don't I don't get magic or you know, Ghost of Tom Jode or whatever album you want. But right. uh, someone on a Facebook group uh, posted that. Um, after Letter to You came out, uh, he posted that Bruce needs to quit putting out albums as he, or else he's going to delete his legacy. He's going to ruin his legacy. Yeah. And I went, okay, you know, you don't like the album, that's fine. But at this point, no new music is going to, this guy has, Springsteen has nothing to prove to anyone. Nothing. 
nothing. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, the thing that's astounded me most recently is I, yes. I did, I watched the Broadway show. Yeah. Good Lord. That is amazing. Right. I mean, it is just incredible. There's nobody in the world that could do what he did with yeah. that and make it as engaging as it was, as profound as it was. I felt like I came away from it having learned life lessons. Yes. <laughs> you know, like a wiser person. I uh, totally agree. And he, he, I mean, he's acting in that thing. He's, he's an incredible writer of prose at this point. I, I, I mean, he's really a top-notch prose writer, which yeah. is surprising. I don't know. Most people can't make that jump. Um, yeah. One of my favorite April Fool jokes, I, I stumbled on it, is somebody did a fake article that uh, Bruce Springsteen's top short stories, um, new collection coming out. And basically, yeah. they wrote the article as if every album was a collection of short stories. Sure. And that talked about, well, you know, he followed up this and he did this. And I went, you know, I want to be in that alternate. I would like to visit that alternate world, right? Yeah. Like, like if I'm, if I, you know, if, if the Doctor Who's TARDIS can go anywhere in space and time, I would want to go to that alternate universe where Bruce did become the writer that his mother wanted him to be. And yeah. he's this Pulitzer Prize winning art, a writer right. that, you know, we're doing. Um I was, I was worried about the autobiography because at times Bruce, I don't think is a very good interview. I, I think he's yeah. self-conscious talking about himself. Mm -hmm. I think he has gotten much better as after the book has come out and he's gotten more comfortable. Um, but I was just really impressed, as you said, what a good story it was and how honest it was about himself and sharing his journey of through the darkness and his the traumas of trying to grow up and be an adult yeah i mean he managed to make bruce springsteen relatable yes right like which should be impossible there's yes. no way we don't have anything in common me and bruce on like a day-to-day -day level yeah He's, you know uh, uh a jacked up super strong 70 year old uh living in a mansion yeah um and I'm not any of those things. Yes. Um, but he's so, I mean, he's so relatable. And yeah. I, 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 some of that is, is a bit of an act, I think, still. I mean, yeah. in, the, in the Broadway show, it is anyway. But, um, I mean, that part in the Broadway show where he says, I'm just that good, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I yeah. never had a job in my life. I'm just that good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I love that you are, like, can talk about what this is or what it started out as, um, yeah. honestly. Yeah he talks about it. It's his magic trick. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, and like one of the things I really loved is when he did the VH one storytellers. Mm -hmm. Right. And he talked about, was I thinking this when I wrote this maybe, but I was feeling all of it, you know, that yeah. this, this feeling and imagery, it is, I, I totally agree. Um, so you mentioned hearing the songs live, um, I always like to preface this read with the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Um, where you live, um, your age, your economic situation can dictate that. If you grew up, you know, and 
graduated high school in the middle seventies and you're in Jersey or, you know, uh, you know, Philly, you know, you may have seen him, you know, hundreds of times. If you grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana, like I did, uh, you didn't get to see him the first time till 2002. So have you gotten a chance to see him live? No, I have Uh, not. And it's one of my great regrets so far. Yeah. Um, He's come through Fargo once. Okay. Uh, he came, I was probably in my early 20s and yeah. in, in no, like, not in my Bruce phase at all. Yeah. I was very much in my, like, indie music snob kind of right. phase um, where I decided that everything I'd liked before was bad and only new things were good. Yeah. Um, which is a good phase to go through, but it's also ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I didn't go, I didn't go, but I, I know people that went and it was incredible, obviously. And I, I want to go as soon as everything opens up again, maybe he, he's going to get on the road. Yeah. And then get that chance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the podcast a little bit. Okay. Um, tell me the name of it again. The Irrationally Exuberant. And so why why this podcast what about this why did you decide to start doing this kind of podcast yeah um well i am an alcoholic is probably the root cause Um, okay i've been sober seven years um congratulations thank you so i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt you with yeah there are certain things that um are cliche but i cannot resist it If you tell me you grew up in New Jersey, I'm going to ask, are you a Springsteen fan? Yeah. If you tell, if I can tell you're from Britain, I'm going to ask if you like Dr. Who. (laughs) And if you are recovering, uh, did you hear Jason Isbell's latest? um, There's a song on his latest album called It Gets Easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jason's. (laughs) Jason Isbell right now is the guy that is um, definitely speaking for the addict community <laughs> in a big way. He's been doing it for a while. Um, yeah, he's amazing. That's I, I saw him last summer. That oh, I bet that was a great yeah. show. Yeah, I yeah I have I have struggled uh, not with substance abuse, but I've been you know, overweight my whole life. I've had other challenges. And that song just really spoke to me because almost anything about life, it gets easier, but it's never easy. Yeah, right. And so, okay. Anyway, um, like I said, it's one of the things I can't resist asking because I just think it's such a powerful song. And It is. He's uh, such a great songwriter. It's crazy. Um, And and it seems to be a huge Springsteen fan. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a definite Springsteen influence in all that. He tweeted um, this week or just a couple of days ago about, you know, I don't remember the conversation, but they said, look, Bruce is the answer. No one can follow him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Completely. I don't know if you, um, and I promise we'll get to your podcast, yeah. but one of my favorite stories, and I don't know if this is true or not, but we're going to make it true supposedly. And I've told this uh, right after Tom Petty died that, you know, they were touring together, the no nukes and all this. And Mm -hmm. someone came to Tom and said, okay, um, when you're playing, 
they're going to be you're going to think they're booing but they're <laughs> just going to be saying bruce right and supposedly tom petty said is there a difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good story <laughs> like I, I i want that to be true so bad and you know because like hey what's the difference right so anyway okay so you're a recovering um, alcoholic seven yeah. years over congratulations i know that is a daily struggle so good for you yeah it's, so, it's good i'm in yeah. i'm in a good spot okay um, good but yeah i always said i was a writer because that's what um drunks with english degrees do <laughs> um it kind of justifies uh all of your poor behavior if people think you're like an artist sure um but i wasn't writing at all um, so once I got sober, um, I figured I needed to start writing and I was looking for a medium to write in and podcasting is just the most immediate, like you can do something and get it into somebody's ears. Um, it's your best shot anyway, at getting it into somebody's ears. Um, and I listened to a lot of podcasts at the time. So I knew I wanted to write something. I wanted to do something scripted. Um, and I also knew I didn't want to be like tied down to one topic because that's just not how my brain works. I get really excited about things and then move on to the next thing. Um, so I just kind of started writing and I, the thing I started writing with um, was Chris Gaines. The first episode is about Chris Gaines. Okay. Um, so like Garth Brooks, weird alter ego from the 90s. Yes, I remember. Um, fascinating stuff. Um I'm glad that Bruce never gave into that kind of, I could definitely see like 1992 Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like the with the too much scruff kind of greasy looking Bruce. Yes. With a vest on um, tr trying like something like that, but I'm glad he didn't because it's, it doesn't work. Um, but I, I just started writing about that um, and it, turned out really good i think i think it's great um so that i was just kind of off off and running it just became what it is fairly naturally so when you say it's um talk about like what's the format so you you write it and then is it a uh, I, I I just I, I haven't yeah. heard the podcast yet so right the format I mean the only through line I would say is me I'm the through line okay. so I write everything I perform everything okay um it is all over the place um, okay I do some storytelling some short stories I do some kind of hi some history stuff um some of it's lies um I'm, I don't like to be you know hemmed down by the the truth yeah. in any way um in storytelling i i think that's unnecessary and um sometimes i do stupid voices sometimes i've made a lot of songs for episodes i'm not a songwriter i don't really play any instruments but i like figuring it out <laughs> oh how <laughs> yeah. fun yeah so um yeah I've, I've probably recorded like 10 songs for this thing um and it's always fun how um, long have you been doing this I started right when I got sober. So I, I started doing it probably six years ago. I pu start putting it out six years ago. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing and they didn't sound as like how I wanted them to sound. So I pulled it all down 
and really focused on learning how to make it sound good um, and somewhat professional and like what I was hearing in my head. Um, so then I um, wrote a bunch of new episodes and also re-recorded the old ones. Um, so the current iteration of the show has been about two to three years, three years, maybe. Okay. Um, it, it, it sounds interesting. And um, that's, that's a lot of work, though, with you just being the only voice. Yeah. You know, one of the things I really love um, doing about Set Leslie Bruce is, you know, it's a conversation. Right. And uh, so um, I, I think that's to, to your credit that you're kind of doing this all your own. How often do you send out episodes? About once a month at okay. this point. Um, so they're not too frequent. I mean, they take forever to write. I mean, these are like 40 page scripts and, um, you know, I want them to be good. So, um, I only put it out if it's, if it's done and good. Um, so I, I don't like try to, I don't hold myself to a traditional schedule because, uh, there are no rules in podcasting. And that is, that is the beauty artificially, you know, I'm not going to pretend there are and hold myself to them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it probably hurts like the, the popularity of the show or whatever, but you know, people will find it if they, if it's something they're into. And I think it, I do think it's good. Um, I also did, I did another show for a while, a music show um, called Reed Messerschmitt gets metal. Um, where, yeah. I, I saw that on iTunes. Yeah. 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 So that was like, I had never listened to metal before is the like one genre of music that i just completely ignored my entire life and um so i found a friend a co-host that was really into metal is really into metal and had him like introduce me to like extreme metal black metal death metal that kind of thing mm-hmm. and that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun it was nice just to have conversations about music instead of writing everything good yeah well um that that, that sounds interesting. I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've pulled you up on iTunes, so mm-hmm. the irrationally exuberant, and I will make sure that there's a link on there. Have you done a Springsteen themed episode? I, I see you've done uh, wrestling and uh, Johnny Appleseed and Roy Orbison. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Roy Orbison is as close as I got to Springsteen because I wrote a little bit about the black and white night that Springsteen was at. Right. Um, so that's like the closest I've touched. Um, I, I think I'm too big of a Springsteen. I just like him too much. I don't, Okay. He's, I find it hard to make comedy out of like a guy like Bruce, who I just admire so much as a human being. I don't know. I, I have him on a pedestal. He feels like a, like a, a, a beloved uncle or something, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I understand that totally. I really do. Yeah. Um, so talk about um, talk about music of Bruce's. Are there songs or albums that mean a lot to you? Yeah, uh, I mean, The River is it. I mean, I, I just think The River is such a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there's so much there. It's it, it, 
I think it got a lot of flack for being kind of bloated, but the bloat is absolutely necessary. <laughs> and is is so like um a part of what it is. It's just a it's a a rock record with everything in it. Yeah, and it I love it so much. You know, as he talked about in the 2016 River Tour where they were celebrating the anniversary you know that it was he tried to do everything that a live show was and put it in an album right. yeah and uh my one of my best friends um sam is a huge spring scene and dylan fan and he did not go to any of the river shows because he said you know there's there's not enough songs on the river that i like um and you know, so my wife asked me because I ended up getting lucky enough to go to four shows on that tour. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I'm jealous. Yeah. And um, in the, um, you know, she said, are you bored? Because I know one of the things you love about Bruce is that every set list is different. And this one, yeah. you know, and I said, no, I said, the songs I like, I like the songs I didn't like. I still don't like, uh, you know, uh, there are a couple songs like um, I really hearing Independence Day performed live yeah. from the perspective of he at the time was, you know, like 66, 68, right. you know, um, singing a song that he wrote was in, in his, you know, twenties. And, you know, like he is the father's age now then in the song. I just thought that dynamic was very interesting yeah um you know some other things devastating too yes one of the more uh that song kind of wrecks me yeah (laughs) a lot of times absolutely um so do um you know it's interesting reed because i had this discussion very early in the podcast where you know i i was talking about how much because I came to my first live show was 2002, the yeah. rising tour. And so, and I, that's where my fandom went from a casual fan to passionate slash obsessed. Yeah. So if I had a choice, I would, you know, I've heard many people say that if, if they could, they would take an, a live show that starts with, um, greetings i mean and go to darkness and nothing else nothing past darkness yeah and i said i would take in a show that starts at tunnel of love and goes forward and has nothing before either would be fine (laughs) Uh, you would get a lot of rarities either way you know you would you would get a lot of different shows to see Uh, one, one of the things that i love about the river is I like some good rock and roll mythology, you know. Sure. I like I like to I like the the lore around everything, mm-hmm. and Bruce was just in such a zone in those years. Like just, um, I mean, he hit a stride that nobody hits, you know. Like just writing killer song after killer song after killer song after killer song, so many of them, um, like a preposterous amount. <laughs> Yeah. of great songs i mean when you get into the that the river reissue it's just it's insane how many yes. great songs he wrote and yeah i like I, I i i like somebody in that period where it's just like they have transcended 
they're no longer a normal human being. They are like a rock and roll machine. Yes. That's what makes you a legend is that that brief period. But most people like die after that. Yeah. And Bruce didn't die. And he made a lot of great stuff afterwards. The yeah, uh, my son's favorite song is Out in the Street off the river. Mm -hmm. And and he said um, and he's 31. So, you know, we've. Um, he's off on his own now and but he talks about that he says you know pop there's not a there's not a working person in america that on monday morning isn't thinking about friday night yeah and so bruce's line you know when the foreman calls time i've already got friday on my mind he says is just universal and um so he just loves that uh song to talk about it um it it was it, it's a shame it, since you love the album so much it would have been great for you to see one of those shows right yeah, yeah. i can imagine yeah I, I yeah i think one of the great things talking about his universality universal blah, 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 how universal he is yeah um he so i mean he started with this blue collar shtick yes that he did which in less capable hands um, a guy that's not actually a blue collar worker playing sort of the part of one would be uh, terrible. Yes. Right. Um, it, it can get real hammy real quick. Um, like I would say like the, the bad version of that is like meatloaf, you know, okay, like you can sure. get into, I, I, I think those meatloaf albums are just fine. I think Jim Steinman is a great songwriter, um, but he crossed the line into a cartoon. Okay, got it. It's a fun cartoon, but it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And Bruce took that performance and found so much subtlety in it and, and just filled in every kind of nook and cranny and every aspect of it where he turned, he made blue collar life feel like something you would want to participate in. Like rom- he romanticized it. He turned it into like, an opera, an art form, you know? And um, I mean, that felt so real to me growing up, even without spending a ton of time with it, that the, the, the noble factory man and his struggles that still, uh, still resonates with me. And I'm nowhere close to that. Um, I just, I think he took something that was specific and also not his necessarily and made it for everybody. And I, it's so hard to do that. It really is. Um, I, I agree. Because he's, there's so much, you know, I've never thought about that. And, you know, and I know that he got a lot of grief when he first went to Broadway from a small, very small part of fandom, like, oh, he's forgotten. He used to be of the people you know, he's forgotten. We're having to pay all the six separate fee. And, um, you know, and you're like, no, that's just, uh, that's what the going rate in Broadway is. Right. You know, and we know sooner or later, you know, we, I assumed it would be an HBO special, but we knew sooner or later, you know, they would film this and we would get to see it. So um, absolutely. Oh my God. And they filmed it perfectly. Yes. Gorgeously shot. No tricks. 
right just just bruce holding your attention for three hours yeah uh just incredible i i can't overstate how good it is i yeah. think if, if anybody i know there are a lot of people that i come across that are just like oh i hate bruce springsteen he's one of the people that people are like i hate that yes. guy um which i i don't get i i mean i guess it's the voice yeah and he is kind of a cheese ball sometimes um but that's part of the charm and he knows what he's doing yeah um i would i i mean i it's, it's impossible to convince that person to sit there for three three and a half hours to right. like watch that performance but if they could do it i think it would turn them for sure well and you know what i recommended early in the pandemic is i said hey um you know watch western stars and watch the um either blinded by the light you know for your two you could do a uh, double feature and also watch broadway you know watch it on broadway yeah. and, and get right. that feeling um the i i just recently had a massive bg's fan on yeah. david fetter and uh and dave and i kind of shared the thing like when someone tells me oh i don't like Bruce springsteen the first question i want to ask is well have you listened to anything besides born in the usa right right like have you just heard the hits off born in the usa yeah those people universally have not heard the river they don't know right. it exists yes and uh and i said so is your first instinct to say have you listened to anything besides saturday night fever's soundtrack and he says yeah. that's absolutely my first thought on that right uh you know because it is just so different um the since you've never seen him live um is there two or three songs that you go you know when you get to see him you're really hoping or is it just dealer's choice you're just happy with anything i mean i'd be cool with anything but um i drive all night is just uh so good yeah um i i just think the lyrics to that song are so effective yeah i, I love it and it's so dramatic it is so dramatic <laughs> did you there is a bootleg dvd where he did the river album in its entirety for that first time like when he yeah. was during the working on the dream tour have you picked up that dvd no i should i should find that yeah though. you should do that it is it would be very good for you because it was it's filmed really well um and it was that when madison Square gardens he did the river in entirety um and they were like they'd never do this again and then of course on the anniversary tour he did it so that would be good for you to see they did a great job yeah. on that yeah yeah i yeah i think that's it but yeah drive all night i think has the greatest opening line of all time yeah in any song ever it's just so weird it's a mm -hmm. little off but it's also right. perfect um yeah i think yeah. that's just a masterpiece of a song i totally um, agree i would also recommend uh the, the sharon van etten cover of that mm -hmm. song there's a video on youtube of her playing it at the okay. piano and it's gorgeous she does it, and what's her name song. sharon van etten Etten. Okay. yeah okay. um she's really great and obviously pretty influenced by bruce um okay. all right she's an intense songwriter okay um so yeah i would say that song i mean thunder road is still just so thrilling to me 
every sure. time I hear it. It's just, it feels like it's, I get the same feeling from Thunder Road as I do from listening to like, like Rolling Stone. It's mm-hmm. just, it drives forward with such power and it feels almost reckless, but it's not, you know, like it's a controlled reckless kind of tumbling feeling that you get from that song and i think uh there aren't many there aren't many pieces of art that could hit that tone and or hit that like give me that feeling um and it's it's never left i just think that is a a a miracle of a song um so that one for sure um did i you know it was funny the first seven times i saw him he had did not play thunder road yeah and it was like okay i guess i may never hear that and then the next eight times he did he did you know so i was like okay yeah yeah, i got i got my share um i am like you though every time i hear it i am i am happy to hear it i you know i'm never going to complain about hearing thunder road um just such a great song yeah every every note is just so perfect for me i I just yeah i love it um yeah that would very much be on my wish list i do i like that does he does he do many covers live does he ever do covers live yeah so i've not found any there it depends so um you know there was this during this latest um before he did the the river tour um he was like the high hopes tour you know there was a section where they picked he picked up signs from the audience and did things so when i was in nashville he did um burn in love and Mm. uh you know uh, no satisfaction which which was really good yeah um the very first show i went to here in dallas um the you know, he came out and, um, damn it, my old brain is going crazy. <laughs> and, um, why can't my job? Don't you hate it when you get that, like, okay, it's right there. It's yeah, right there, right. you know? Um, and, um, the, um, Don Henley. Don Henley was living in Dallas at the time. I think uh-huh. he still might. And um, he joined him on stage and they did uh, I Fought the Law. Oh, okay. So, you know, he's done. So there are some fair things. Um, one of my favorite songs is he does. Um, uh, it's a Cajun ballad, Jolie Blanc, that he had helped uh, Gary U.S. Bonds do and so he's done a cover for that a couple of times and that's a cover I would chase I would love to hear him do that so he's done a few yeah mm-hmm. hmm, that's interesting I, I I mean one of the more interesting things that I've heard about him is how Nebraska mm-hmm. was um, heavily influenced by um, the band Suicide yeah I could see that which is so strange mm-hmm. I mean I just can't imagine like Bruce Springsteen even sitting down with su- a suicide song. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you can't hear it. I mean, the influence is there and his whoops and the kind of like uh, the, uh, the, there's a lot of um, 
space. His voice, he sounds like he's singing in a big room and Suicide kind of had that too. Um, But I, I I like hearing stuff like that, that a guy Uh like Bruce Springsteen can um, get turned around by a band like Suicide. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they, um, so Ken Rosen is a blogger and uh, it's called E Street Shuffle. Yeah. And if you um, go there and sign up, um, he does a cover me. Um, he does a daily blog. It's like one this day in Springsteen. Uh, so kind of what happened on J- January 28th over the f- last years. Um, yeah. And so that's pretty interesting. But he also does cover me and he either does songs that Bruce has covered or people that have covered Bruce's songs. Yeah. And so I think you would like that because it would give you some ideas of some of the things that Bruce has covered, you know, sometimes many times, other times not. So, yeah. So I right. think that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the reason that I'm curious about Bruce yeah. and covers is because I find his, I mean, somebody like him who is so singular and so huge, like what, what gets to his ears? You know what I mean? I, I know mm-hmm. he's a, he's an active listener, right? Because his, his kids expose him to a lot. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, I'm always interested to hear what guys like him are listening to. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, the, um, when the NCAA tournament was here in the Dallas area, they were playing it at the big AT&T Jerry world, you know, where the Cowboys play. Mm -hmm. And, um, so they did a free festival and, um, he was the headliner and they came out to sweet Georgia Brown, the, Oh, right. You know, the, yeah, the, yep. Yeah, the Harlem Globetrotters themes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they opened um, him and Niels Lofgren, is, you know, did a jump ball. And then the band broke into jump. <laughs> and so you can find that if you if you do Springsteen okay, Jump yeah. Dallas, it is a great cover. Uh, that sounds <laughs> so, great. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so what. What have I not asked you that I should? Um, I mean, the thing that I am sort of interested these days in about Bruce is, are the are his peers kind of yes. sussing out who his peers are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a lot of parallels with like a Tom Waits. Sure. That um, they are they are doing or have been at times doing the same thing. Um, I could see that. Or, you know, like aiming in the same direction anyway. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I wonder, I I wonder how they feel about each other. I'd be very curious to find that out. A conversation between those two would be really incredible. You know, um, this summer and Bruce continues to do, like every two or three weeks, he'll do a From My Home to Yours radio show mm-hmm. on E Street Radio. And um, they had one where Southside Johnny and little Steven and him all hang together. Yeah. And it was fascinating to 
because they just sounded like three buddies just talking about music. Yeah. It, it was just this, this friendship and family. And um, when you get a chance to see the Apple TV documentary, you get to see them recording the band, that album, and you see that shorthand that they have together, right. that friendship. Yeah. And you do wonder, um, you know, I, I, right out of high school, I discovered the Beach Boys. So right. this is like in 1977. Mm -hmm. So way past their heyday. But a good but, time for the Beast Boys, nonetheless. Yes, it was. Yeah, I picked up yeah. Endless Summer, that eight-track, and fell in love with their music. And so kind of became obsessed with Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys and yeah. loved that. And so several years ago, um, Brian was performing in Jersey, and Bruce came on stage for the last two songs, right? Yeah. He strapped on a guitar and, and helped sing. And I... I made the joke and it's, I'm only slightly joking is okay. Forget my kid getting married forget grandkids. <laughs> like if I had been there and seen Bruce Springsteen and Brian Wilson on stage together, like, I'm like, okay, Lord, take me away. I'm like, okay, what else is there? I need to see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's an interesting thought to see. Um, you know, and obviously, like the Dropkick Murphys adore him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as you said, Pearl Jam. I, Pearl I Jam is so huge, I think. I mean, yeah. I think they have um, almost, like, constructed their career to, like, mirror his in, yes. in a way, which is smart. Which is a very, very smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, but they are probably the band that I think most carries his torch but i mean he nobody needs scary's torch because he's still got it he's right he's, yes he's in, he looks great yeah absolutely he sure <laughs> he does so good. he does oh uh, it kind of makes me mad <laughs> like this, 70, this 70 year old man is like he is. far more like attractive than me <laughs> he my <laughs> wife does say wow you can tell that that man is in good shape he has good genes yeah uh, all right so before i let you go we got to do the merry question so um, for those of you who are fans of Reed's podcast or his family and friends who are listening to this, um, you may not know what the Mary question is. So Jay Armstrong is an is a recently retired honors English teacher. Um, but when he taught, he each year, his senior class, English class, um, they took two days and broke down Thunder Road, looking at all the lyrics, talking about the imagery of the song, talking about the um, the words Bruce used and the themes of the song. And then at the end of two days, um, Jay looks at his class and says, does Mary get in the car? So Reed, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Oh, yeah. Mary gets in the car. Mary gets. I he he spends the rest of. I mean, he spends the next three albums talking about how it didn't work out. You know, I feel like it's all Mary. Like, uh, <laughs> okay, I yeah, I think she definitely gets in the car for sure. Okay, very nice, good job. Um, <laughs> all right, so if someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh, Twitter is probably best at exuberant pod uh, on Twitter. Um, 
it's uh, that's a great place. There's the website is theirrationallyexuberant.com. Okay. On Instagram at um, irrationally exuberant podcast. Good. So any of those places is good. And uh, any hints on want to tell us what you're working on for next? Yeah. Um, I just finished writing the next quote unquote season. Um, okay. So I did an episode about Moondog, which I think is pretty interesting. Okay. I don't know if you know who Moondog is. No, please share. Uh, he's a, a classical composer sort of jazz guy um in the 70s well in the 50s in new york he uh stood outside on sixth avenue um dressed in a giant viking costume okay and he's blind um and um he became known as the viking of sixth avenue and um but it turned out while he was standing there busking he was also like composing music Oh, interesting. Um, in, in Braille under his cloak. Um, and he uh kind of a genius. Okay. Um he lived with Philip Glass for a while. Um he's had a wild career. Um okay. and he's a very interesting guy. So I wrote about that a bit. Um yeah, I've got a, a story, kind of a short story-ish kind of thing about an evil Knievel like character. Oh, interesting. That's coming good. out soon. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Well, that's all sounds great. I will include, um, I'll include your total handle and I'll include a link to the podcast um, to where you can find all the different uh, avenues. Um, this has been great, Reed. I, yes. I so appreciate your time. I hope you had a good time. I did. I love talking about Bruce. <laughs> that is great. Um, so uh, we will have to do this again. Absolutely. Uh, if you ever decide you need a guest, um, I'm, I'm always, I, I would love to join you. So all right, keep that in mind. All right, okay. listeners, you stay safe. Uh, remember to social distance, wash your hands, wear an effing mask, and let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. For now, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Bex, also known as Potato Lady Podcast Reviews. Every weekday, I tweet out reviews of indie podcasts. My goal is to unite listeners with their next favorite show, like the one you're listening to now. I also have a newsletter that provides links to reviews, sneak peeks, ad space, and more. So follow me on Twitter at BexGoose, that's B-E-X-G-O-O-S, to start getting weekdaily reviews. Find all the info you need, including the link to sign up for my newsletter, in the thread pinned to my profile. And feel free to get at me if you need a recommendation. And now, back to your show. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, 
and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Said Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.